Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast uh, brought to you on YouTube, Spotify, Google, and Apple podcasts. Uh, I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And I feel as though recent memes have brought me to the light where this whole custody thing between Eddie and Ray, merely a merely a distraction from who should be Dominic's real parental figure, Mommy Rhea Ripley. <laughs> I think you mean to say Daddy Rhea Ripley. Daddy Rhea Ripley, pardon me, let's, yes. Rhea, Ripley, Rhea Ripley is Daddy. Yes, uh, so in 2022, we're having storylines where Dominic Mysterio isn't a total sub, uh, but... <laughs> Which, but, you know, face. Correct. Awesome. 10 out of 10. No notes. Please turn <laughs> heel and join Judgment Day. Please, please recontextualize please. it all as him liking it. Please, I beg please. you. Please. WWE. Please let Dominic walk to the ring in a gimp suit. Uh, with, like, Rhea Ripley to toning him around on a leash. I'm begging they you. I'm sure if you dig up in storage, you'll find uh, Goldust's old ball gag. Absolutely. Bring him out. Absolutely. Bring it out. Look, Look we're, it, not, we're not here to talk about 2022 Monday Night Raw. Unfortunately, yeah. We are here to talk about Dominic Mysterio's first foray into WWE TV, 2005 SmackDown. I mean, yeah, that's, 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 uh, it's, it's the wildest of shit. Yeah, so uh, uh, last cut time we were here, uh, it was uh, the it was the, we was in the run up to the Great American Bash two thousand and five. Uh, it was the on screen debut of Vicky Guerrero, as far as we can tell. Yeah, no, that's that's still so wild to me. The fact that fucking Vicky, we just happened to see Vicky make her first ever on screen appearance, and she's like concerned housewife and mother that is supposed to be three billion percent sympathetic and and like yeah the victim of eddie's bullshit yeah so she's here to come get her man because she he needs to be no one gotten. else will uh but that didn't work uh but and however, Eddie Guerrero made his children cry. Well, one of his one of his daughters uh cry very convincingly making, making the children cry brah uh but Eddie then made a decided to somewhat listen to his wife in that he decided to give Ed Ray a chance to not uh, have the secret revealed by announcing that their match at the Great American Bash, if Ray wins, Eddie will never speak of it again. And if Eddie wins, he's finishing his uh, story time. Yeah, big X to doubt on that one either way, but. Uh, then. Uh, the we had the uh debut clearly of of uh Tommaso Champa as yeah. uh as uh the lawyer Thomas of Whitney Muhammad Hassan Thomas Whitney uh he and it, and Muhammad because he, he he prepared a statement that Muhammad Hassan uh has decided clear of his own free will of course definitely no nothing else own free will. No, no other no other reasons, no other external forces. Yeah. 
has decided has announced that he is sick and tired of you people and in fact he will never be on smackdown again until unless and until he beats the undertaker at the great american bash oh yeah no Which, he's he is leaving smackdown in protest of how he was mistreated mm-hmm. yeah that's that's definitely the reason um please ignore definitely. the pl- please ignore the the like international travesty that just occurred ignore that didn't happen in wwe cave uh then the undertaker came out and beat up thomas whitney even though he is but a lawyer he is the the the, the most innocent of boys but i guess zombies hate lawyers or something maybe, yeah. maybe that should be the 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 next movie zombies versus lawyers sure i bet that'd be a great movie i think totally. it'd be i think it'd be phenomenal i uh, no notes actually there's nothing wrong with this concept mm-hmm. right so we are doing two weeks from later two weeks from then the july tonight the july 28th 05 smackdown the first smackdown after the great american bash uh the yeah. smackdown before the great american bash was a whole lot of like hey guys here's what's happening at the bash nothing really worth talking about except jbl had a bunch of propaganda videos all night they already talked about how he is a great american hero and how he is going to get the title back dude that man just he's so awful he's so he's so awful and Mm -hmm. i love how his gimmick is just murica and yet somehow he's legitimately like respected as this wrestling god God, God, I'm I'm obsessed with that yeah. wrestling. God, it's gonna get more ridiculous every time we say it. Yeah. So nothing happens. Nothing. No real plot progression to the July 21st episode. Um. So the Great American Bash. Then I did watch this show in preparation. So yes, let's go in i'll just go in the match order from top to bottom but we'll leave ray and eddie for the last because that is the important thing okay so the very first match of the show uh the lead the new legion of doom animal and heidenreich (laughs) beat eminem for the tag titles get okay assholes sure yeah uh, animal and and heidenreich our tag champions now. That's gonna be interesting. Cool. <laughs> cool beans, I guess. Uh Booker T beat Christian. Uh, you know, it was just a solid match. Uh Charmel also got to slap Christian, so got a measure of revenge and all that. But Booker got the dub. Go Booker. Nice. You love to see it. Uh, the United States Championship match between Orlando Jordan and Chris Benoit. Uh, Orlando Jordan uh, unhooked the turnbuckle pad and uh, pushed Benoit into the uh, turn un, unprotected turnbuckle and beat him. So Amazing. Orlando Jordan is still the U.S. champion. Hoorah. Amazing. All right, two two out of three results so far that I that I'm pretty that I'm pretty fucking fine with. All right. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, match to determine the number one contender for the world heavyweight championship at SummerSlam, the Undertaker versus Muhammad Hassan. Uh, uh, so yes. Hassan came out with all of his his uh, his 
sympathizers is how they are phrasing this. And um, he came out on like a throne carried by the sympathizers. Man, okay, you know what? No, if you're going to go out, go out with some motherfucking style. Mm -hmm. I can actually really get behind that, like, they knew they were fucking over Muhammad Hassan real hard for something that was not remotely his fault. And mm -hmm. they they let him come out on a goddamn throne. That's yeah. some good shit right there. So he cuts a promo before the match, and he reiterates that he is going to win. He and then he's gonna come back to SmackDown and take the world title. Mm -hmm. Um, he almost says, and I thought this is where he was going, but then he never brings it up again. But he almost sounds like he, what he's saying is the reason he did the thing to the under, he did the like terrorism, but in WWE PG filter to the Undertaker is to make Undertaker feel like a victim, like he did he has in america he doesn't finish that thought but what? that's the way i thought he was going with it uh ah yes because what is the best trope of them all is the 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 maligned minority whom takes it too far um mm -hmm. and so they are still the bad guy uh we love a cycle of vicious marginalization for the sake of spite mm -hmm. uh, and no other sociopolitical reasons attached to it whatsoever. Don't think about it too hard. Yeah, so he claims that he is going to be the world champ, the first Arab Amer. He is the first Air. He's going to be the first Arab WWE oh, champion, God. which is very funny. When again, he is played by an Italian an man. Italian American. There is which, so, so much to unpack. Her. Which I mean, I guess. I think canonically, yo, I'm supposed to think Yokozuna is the first Japanese uh, world champion. Eh, really? Yes, which for those of you who don't know, Yokozuna was Samoan, part of the Anoa'i Samoan uh, wrestling family. Yes. But he, in the early 90s, he played a character where he was a sumo wrestler from Japan called Yokozuna. Which I guess he was just going by his title the whole time, but everyone just acted like that was his real name. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then he was with Mr. Fuji, and they were, and he was the champion for a long time, and then he stopped being pushed because to be he actually got too fat to the point where it was incredibly dangerous, and everybody was like, "Yeah, we really need you to lose weight," and he didn't, and then he like died in like 1996 oh. or something oh oh no oh dear wait no mm. that took a very sad turn no wait he, no yeah, sorry no he died in 2000 but uh, yeah he was very he he got extremely overweight to the point where he was a liability to wwe and and then he just died oh oh no well rip in peace yokozuna sorry about all that disrespect um yeah. Also, obviously, funny enough, not only not only is he not Japanese, but he had never actually competed in sumo before. He was just a big fat man, and they, I guess, he could vaguely sat look Japanese. So they were like, "Yeah, it's what you're gonna do." Yeah, man. Hey, man, ain't nothing better than just 
painting broad stereotypes in wrestling, all right? He's a fat man with a vaguely Asian look. Sumo wrestler. Done. What, why are you still here? Why are you still Nailed asking questions? Get the fuck out Nailed of here. It. Questions. The, 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 Writing the, wrestling characters is so easy. Why are you still thinking about Yeah, I know. We got a whole fucking like unfrozen Nazi here on the back burner just waiting to be let out. Obviously, we're yeah. filled with nothing but great ideas. Yeah. Anyway, back to Hassan. Sorry to get distracted to talking about other wrestlers with fake ethnicity. Nah, we love distractions on this show. Please, please, uh, always more. So... I also, uh, at one point, uh, Hassan actually actually called Undertaker an infidel. I was like, what? All right. Wait, we actually went there? Yeah, he called him an infidel. Holy Uh, shit. And then the Undertaker and Hassan had more of a match than I thought they had. But Undertaker still wins and then beats up all the sympathizers. And then he beats up Hassan and, and power bombs him through the stage. And Hassan will never be seen again. So they so you actually had somewhat of a match? Yeah, it was like eight minutes long. They actually had kind of a real match, more than I thought they were going to have. Yeah, because the way you told it earlier was like Undertaker buries him in about five seconds. Well, that's how I thought it happened. Yeah. It's how, it's how mo- people mostly talk about it. So I kind of just thought that's how it happened. But no, they had, they had basically had a real match. But I mean, he still literally put him through the stage and killed him off and forever. Shit. That that's that's kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, I, I I am surprised at the kind of like dignity they let him go out with. Because again, yeah, man, really like need to highlight that you... Muhammad Hassan like clearly had talent. Mm-hmm. Like. I was legitimately impressed both with his promo skills and with his in-ring work. And if he was given fucking anything else to do, mm-hmm. he could have been a pretty respectable worker for the Yeah, and, and like the character, the way he is portrayed on the Great American Bash doesn't read like a guy who they're about to never talk about again. Yeah. Like they give him act they give him his big entrance and a promo, and he gets to actually wrestle the Undertaker. Like it doesn't feel like a character that they're just gonna forever never talk that is going to unwrite from history and so i was not i was i was kind of surprised by that pleasantly surprised man i hope they gave him a good severance package you know like mm-hmm. like not only a good like off-screen farewell or on-screen farewell but they're like you know this isn't your fault but we still have to like make you take the fall for it so here's like just a couple couple million to keep you on your feet or some shit sure, i sure. highly doubt they did that but it's a nice thought to have. Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, the Mexicools oh, uh, defeated the BWO in a six-man tag no. match. Uh, then, then is the Ray and Eddie match, but we're cycling back to that at the end. Uh, Molina and Tori Wilson in a brawn yeah. panties match. Um I was confused because they used real wrestling psychology for a minute here. Uh, where Tori Wilson was doing wrestling moves that would make it easier for her to take off Molina's clothes. And I was like, what is, what is happening? This is bullshit. No. So what I'm hearing is whoever, like whoever put together that match is the type of person who watches porn for the plot. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing here. Probably. Uh, the match goes almost four minutes, which is about the length of time this happens uh 
incredibly, Molina won the match. I, I, I have spent like two episodes of this podcast kind of uh, uh, sarcastically remarking on the fact, lampshading the fact of how this is going to go. Obviously, Tori Wilson's going to win, and then she's yeah. going to voluntarily take her clothes off anyway at the end. Absolutely. And, but no, Molina won. And then as she, with her pants still on, she her shirt was ripped off earlier and during oh the Tori God. Wilson has real psychology. Hey, look, um, look, we we gotta we gotta treat it like any respectable like Iron Man match or or two falls match where like we gotta have it neck and neck uh to mm-hmm. for 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 the psycho for to to you know keep the people invested <laughs> um and totally not for booby reasons. I also noted uh, while uh, Molina was ter- is taking off, was trying to take off Tori Wilson's pants. She was having trouble getting her pants over her tennis shoes. Um, I noted that also Tori Wilson had a belt on, and I'm like, that seems a little unfair. Like that seems a little like like what are you doing? Hey man, you gotta exploit if if, if the system has exploitable rules. You gotta work with them, all right. I, I mean, guess I mean, there, come I on. guess there ain't no rule that says she can't wear a belt to help. Yeah, take every edge you can get. So, well, like, but, but, but if, also, but if, also, but also, think, think, think about like the 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 economy of opportunity here, right? Where like you you have a belt where the, that that you know helps keep your pants up steadier. However, if your opponent's gotten you in a position where they're able to get that belt off of you, that belt is now in their possession. And they this have a is, fucking this, weapon in their hands. It's a risk. It's a ri- high risk, high reward. High risk, situation. high reward. You know, I. What, I, I, what I'm hearing is that Molina should have worn multiple layers of clothing, <laughs> because oh. apparently there's no rule that says you can't just do that. <laughs> like, make but, Tori have to take off like three pairs of pants and five shirts to win. Oh the my match. god, that would be so insanely fucking funny. Just like mm. Russian nesting doll. It. There's always something else underneath. <laughs> uh, Look, but it's, then, it's better than the old it's better than the alternative bullshitting uh you could do with this match where uh it would satisfy all the the horny dads in the audience by just being like yeah what if i game the system by going commando uh, <laughs> you can't strip me down to my bra and panties if i'm not i like our innovation much better uh much anyway better. uh but then uh, Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle, who was a friend of Tori Wilson and also the special guest referee, so this this feels a little biased, officiating personally. Uh, they get they throw Melina back into the ring and still strip her pants off because humiliate the heel. This is clearly a yeah. good babyface move, and then. Candace, okay, so Tori Wilson is already in her underwear because she lost. And so Candace Michelle takes off her referee cro- top to strip down to her underwear. Why? Oh my God. So, like, your prediction didn't necessarily come true. The spirit the, of the, my the, prediction was 100% was, was 100% accurate and then some. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I, I have seen several bra and panties matches over the course of just having watched older WWE before. Yes. I have never seen one where like any woman in the match still has her clothes on. And I don't know if I ever will see one where that happens. I honestly, I will like, if, if, if we ever see that happen, I will like personally write a check to Vince McMahon <laughs> just to be like, 
this is for like the the this is to compensate you for that like uh aneurysm you must have suffered uh booking a match where not every single woman is is stripped down to their bra and panties at the very end right good, good job buddy so that was that match. Uh, then the main event was JBL versus Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, it ended in a in a bunch of schmozzy bullshit, mm. where there were ref bumps and Orlando Jordan got a chair to try to attack Batista, and then instead Batista took the chair, hit JBL with the chair. The referee saw Batista use the chair and called a DQ. So JBL won by DQ. Of course, by rule, Batista is still the champion. But this is how the main event of the pay-per-view ends. Batista hits JBL with a chair. DQ. JBL wins by DQ. Fuck off. Great. Why? Why? Oh, that's painful. Oh my god. Fuck JBL. Fuck that. Th I I love how two of the like content both of the contemporary WWE angles that we're currently following have main have like pay-per-view main events as part of these arcs that are just the dumbest bullshit just both of them jbl wins by dq john Cena. john laurinitis beats john cena with interference from big show because reasons we're just we're just hitting that one that we're one was objectively much dumber because it follows no plot sense because john laurinitis had humiliated and fired big show on raw like the week before the pay-per-view yeah. And then also they fuck up later because the rule was that uh Laurinaitis was not allowed. They have a plot hole, which is pretty rare for me to call out on. I am very much I am kind of very conservative in my use of the word plot hole. Mm -hmm. It's got to be something that literally doesn't make sense. Uh most things that people call plot holes are closer to plot contrivances or plot conveniences. Yes. Uh, but this is a literal plot hole because they, the rule is, is that Laurinaitis could not have, that if anyone interfered on Laurinaitis's behalf, that was a WWE employee, the everyone involved is fired. Yes. Okay. The workaround that they say is that Laurinaitis signed the used the Big Show because the Big Show was not a WWE employee at the time of mm -hmm. the match. Mm -hmm. Except when they have Big Show explain why he's working for Laurinaitis, he says that he signed an ironclad contract on the Saturday before the pay per view. So he was tech. So even though he wasn't known as a WWE employee at the time of the pay-per-view match. He most certainly was one. See Austin, so, what you're, what you're failing to understand is actually the brilliant, like subtext that, that, that carries with it. Uh, that clearly, uh, was on purpose that rich people never suffer any consequences. Uh, and they, they just get to get away with whatever bullshit 
they want because they set up the rules and they can knock them down as they all please. Uh, and that's why John Laurinaitis and Vince McMahon spent, spent like two decades plus getting away with sex pestery. Um, brilliant huh. subtext right there. I, I, I guess. Well, I, I clearly just didn't get it. You know. Yeah, come on, man. Bone up I on your bad. literary analysis. Fucking, fucking amateurs. Jesus. Anyway, back to the Great American Bash 2005. So before there, you have the match, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, the big important narrative thing here is that uh, Eddie blackmailed Ray into having Dominic ringside during the match. The fuck? Just so why? Because Wait, how? Got, you know the same bullshit he's been doing for two for weeks. But but that I kind of feel like that's redundant at that point. Like like you set up one stipulation of like oh you know. We have the match. You win, I say nothing. I win, I get to blab all the fuck I want. But then you blackmail Ray with like, oh yeah, by the way, you better fucking have Dominic ringside or I'm just going to tell him anything, at, 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 tell him everything anyway. Like that kind of defeats the purpose of, of uh, the whole, but, like, but, like, I know, look, I know Eddie holds all the chips here so we can do whatever the fuck he wants, but like, come on, man. It's kind of bullshit. It is, but as they're trying to sell on commentary, manipulation is Eddie's new drug. He gets a high from manipulating people. Oh so, no! Oh no! That's that's unfortunate. That's an unfortunate thing. To yeah, that's unfortunate considering how he's gonna die in the, this year. Yeah, but okay. So Dominic is is ringside for the whole match. They cut to him a lot, even though he is not an actor, and. His, you can tell. Uh, so you should probably focus less on Dominic, personally. But they do tell the story of the match that Eddie that Eddie is preoccupied with Dominic. He wants Dominic to watch, be watching him beat up his dad, and that <laughs> ends up costing him the match actually so eddie guerrero hits his five-star frog splash onto uh onto uh eddie uh ray mysterio excuse me he hasn't beat so but he does a lazy pin over ray and and like stares at dominic to be like hey you watching kid i'm pinning your dad and ray mysterio turns Eddie over and rolls him up in a crucifix pin for the win. Okay. I, I have to be honest. I was kind of expecting Eddie to just flat out win this one. Uh, so it looks like we're going the other route of Guerrero's always fucking lie. Hey, Oh, um, but I, I do also love that the, that the uh, obsession with watching Dominic, like see his dad get beat up is, is what cost him. Like mm -hmm. he's, he's he's over here being like I'm gonna kick your dad's ass and and just like just fucking like Edgelord posting about it the whole time and so much so that it just distracts him from actually getting the goddamn job done top top tier uh, Guerrero bullshit uh, I I have to say yeah they 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 lie they cheat they yada 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 but also man those egos just fucking ooh oof sometimes they just get in the way you know. Also, speaking of lying and cheating and stealing, uh, I, I this is the first time I've seen Eddie wear this shirt, but in a backstage interview before the match, he has a shirt, uh, his newest WWE shirt on, and it says, Eddie stole my last shirt. Meta. Absolutely. I'm like, whoa. 
I see now. Now I'm just imagining an, an intricate, um, an intricate network of interdimensional eddies, all like constantly robbing from each other just to get a kick out of it. <laughs> that would be insane. Honestly, I I could see it. Like like they've got a whole like they've got a whole system set up for like robbing each other blind, and and it's it's all just because they're all just so fucking like sad about whatever bullshit's going on with Dominic, mm. this is the only way they can, they can feel something is just robbing from alternate versions of each other. <laughs> so the pay-per-view was kind of whatever, but we are, we are here now for the July 28th, 2005 SmackDown. And of course, because Eddie said that if he lost the match, he would not ever tell the secret. He is not going to tell the secret. Uh-huh. So, totally. I don't, I don't really I know what this episode. I don't really know what this episode is going to be about. Then honestly. I believe that totally. But yeah, so Eddie has lost to Rey Mysterio again. Uh, the the losing streak continues. Yeah, I I that's the other thing too. Like knowing how this has to end. Like I thought they would give Eddie a dub somewhere in here, no, and this he, felt like a pretty he, meaningful he, one. He actually manages to go this entire six-month storyline without ever beating Ray. Wow. And wait, so the very last thing he did before he died was go on a six-month losing streak? To Ray Mysterio, basically. Oh, yeah. no! Oh no! Well, actually, you now what? I'm I'm now curious what he's what his feud what what storylines he was a part of after uh, SummerSlam. Let me quickly uh, check some uh, professional some uh, pay per view results to take a look at this. Man, I wonder if they would have like you know had he lived if they would have like gone on to pay the shit off in any way. God damn. Uh, he uh, it, it, no mercy in October. Eddie uh, lost to Batista in a world title match. Jesus and be, Christ. And that would be Eddie's final pay-per-view match. Jesus fucking Christ. So, I mean, hey, going out on a main event. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. One that you lost after, you know, six months of losing. But, you know. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. This is fine. Yeah, so that is uh, the setup for the July 28th, 2005 SmackDown. If you'd like to watch it along with us, uh, you know, PeacockTV.com, uh, you know, it's WWE's uh, NBC Universal's uh, streaming service, and they got all the WWE IP now. Uh, it's whatever. It's $4.99 a month with ads, $9.99 a month without ads. I don't, I ain't hawking this shit. Uh, but that is the place to be to watch it. And so we'll be back in the back half to discuss some SmackDown. See you later. And we are back. Uh, we have just finished the July 28, 2005 episode of SmackDown. Indeed, indeed we have. And uh, Austin, off the bat, I would like to register a complaint with the, uh, oh, with the office. Um, sure, sure. And that uh, I was told very explicitly that if, if Eddie Guerrero lost the match at, at, at the old GAB, he would not, in fact, be doing any more bedtime stories for Dominic. However, when we kicked off this episode, I saw a fucking thumbnail that had Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston, Jesus Christ, Eddie Guerrero 
holding on to his story time book. Yeah, right, hold, on, hold on a second. That bitch. Oh, no. Oh, I've been bamboozled. I have been hoodwinked. But you see, your your problem is you forgot is that Eddie lied. Yeah, damn. It's not. It's almost like that. That shit's so like on brand for him that it's in his like theme song or something. You fuck. Yeah, you are here. He lie. I lie. You are here. I cheat. I steal. You are here. So what I'm hearing is, on top of being a total bastard, Eddie Guerrero also makes for a great map. Yep. <laughs> All right, yes, so uh, this episode was the reveal of the secret. Yeah, and honestly. Admittedly, admittedly we've, been, we've been openly talking about what it is for the first yeah. two times we're here. But what a, what a moment it was to I, see it actually play out. I do wonder what I like what it would have been like going in completely blind to that. Because um, it definitely would have added to the effect. Um, although, I have to say, I was almost surprised that tonight was the night we actually got the secret. I wouldn't be surprised if they just kept dragging that shit mm -hmm. out until the very last second, because they no. love dragging this shit out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can only imagine what people thought of at the time. Uh, I would love to know. Some, again, base, for me, some basic thought into it said people were not crazy about it. Really? But, I they thought it was dumb bullshit, and I guess I mean, it kind of is, is. But yes, I is. love, but I love it. It's dumb. It's 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 dumb bullshit, but it's like so insane that it circles back around to being fucking great. That is a lot of 2005 SmackDown for me. We're gonna. So get I've there, noticed, but, but like I really thought I was out of gimmicks from this era that I didn't realize were from this era. Nope, I really thought I was done. But no, you buffoon, you absolute buffoon. When will you learn that there you will never be out of 2005 gimmicks to be like blindsided by? Yeah, I, I clearly am stupid. Um, but okay, so we start with Teddy Long in the ring, mm. and he uh, thanked everybody who watched the Great American Bash on Sunday. Yeah. And he's like, if you if you didn't see it, well, you missed a heck of a show. And I'm like, mm, Which, eh. I did watch it. I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, but he does decide to start recapping some of the show for the audience at home. He brings up that there are new tag team champions. And boy, we're going to get to that. Oh, and, yeah. And he mentions that Taker won the match to become the number one contender. And so, and so Teddy Long is about to announce the SmackDown main event for SummerSlam, and out comes JBL. Yeah, and JBL's like, ah, oh, that's not going to work for me, brother. Yeah, just a big loser hey, true, uh, has true. arrived to assert how he beat Batista, and, uh, which I guess he did technically. Um, yeah. He shit talks Rochester for being some podunk part of New York. Yeah. He's like, I'm from the city, which I'm like, isn't that it? I feel, you know, maybe that's why he's like a heel as a conservative is because he's, he's not like a, you know, simple good old boy farmer who like is totally down to earth TM. Um, but he's, he's from the city and that's what really makes him evil. Now, to be fair, he is from a Texan city. He's not one of those coastal elites. He's literally oh, not from the coasts. Uh, he is a, he is instead a Texan elite so much better. Yeah. 
Very different. Very, very much better. Uh, but he taught, he says he beat Batista. And the only reason he isn't champion is because D Batista got himself DQ'd on purpose, which is a questionable framing of how that hell happened. Of a, but hell of a logic moment, but hell of a, hell of a spin, but you know, heels going to heal. Um, <laughs> so, but JBL, politician got a politician, baby. Very true. But JBL is explaining <laughs> that no, he is telling Teddy Long that he has the right to the SummerSlam title shot. And uh, Teddy Long is like, well, that's great, JBL. And, you know, maybe you'll have another shot another day, but not at SummerSlam because Undertaker won the match. He's number one contender. And yep. JBL out here bringing contracts into it. Boy, we get a couple of mentions of contractual obligations on this episode. Everything is contracts, Austin. They're, but J they, they, wrestling isn't about wrestling. It's about fucking contracts. That's the part everybody likes. Is contracts. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but JBL alleges that, you know, contractually speaking, that in the insanely rare scenario whereby JBL could win the match but not beat Batista for the title that JBL is guaranteed the first shot next shot at Batista's title one-on-one -on -one, he is quick to point out none of this like triple threat six-pack challengey bullshit yeah he he don't want he don't want no 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 commie uh mass matches nah nah we're going strictly for the one-on-one -on -one shit baby yeah, so he threatens to sue Teddy Long for breach of contract if Teddy does not comply with his demands. To which Teddy Long's response was, this is not a court of law. Very relevant to where uh, another yeah, seriously goes. This is SmackDown, and this is my show. So the best Teddy Long will give, the un will give JBL is tonight in the main event. He will go one-on-one. -on -one with the Undertaker. Undertaker, he said the line, and, absolutely, and that will be the new number one contenders match. Yeah, baby, show showdown of the hat men, uh, yep. the the men with the big some, old hats, some hatty cowboy Texans. JBL oh shit, and yeah, the Undertaker. Absolutely, you know, there's like an alternate universe where like. Undertaker had like a fucking cowboy gimmick, and JBL showed up to be his like long lost brother. Um, I I am a wrestling god. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and fun fact: either way, uh, Undertaker and his kayfabe brother would go on to be really fucking annoying libertarians. Hey oh, oof. In both uh, realities, fun fact. Yeah, and then uh, I after that we have an ad, have a uh, a subway you know freshly toasted recap of the brawn panties match from the pay per view, which also which also in a small box in the corner they play an <laughs> actual subway commercial, which of course has Jared has Jared in it, so. <laughs> We got a while the brawn panties recap is playing. Is in the bigger so in the bigger screen they have the brawn panties highlights, and in the smaller screen they have Jared from Subway. Absolutely yeah. cursed moment in all ways. While filming that commercial, Jared got visibly aroused under the sense that somewhere his his visage from this commercial would be staring at uh Tori Wilson getting undressed by Melina. That, uh, uh, I. 
Uh, the thing is, though, if, if I'm understand, if I'm remembering Jared right, uh, I think Tory might be a little too old for him. Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes he, he he's got to take what he can get. Okay. Whew. Oh boy. So anyway, back. Let's move on to a match with no problematic figures in it at all. Uh, Chris Benoit. <laughs> Orlando Jordan, uh, Christian and Orlando Jordan versus Booker T and Chris Benoit. If I had a nickel for every time we moved on to less controversial things, Chris Benoit, Benoit. in this arc, I'd have two nickels. I I got a I got a bit, and we're doing it. So. Absolutely. No, I appreciate the commitment to the bit. Maybe they uh, should great. stop putting Chris Benoit on after problematic stuff. Damn, damn. They, just, they, they had no idea just how the, the aging on that, just what a fine wine that what that one would turn out to be. Oh, what? Tasty. Um, yeah, so Christian's out first, and what the fuck is that get up? Um, this man, this man's got like a look, I know you said this is iconic. So for our no, more knockout-ish listeners, I'm sure they're at least somewhat familiar with this, but I've never seen some bullshit like this before, and it's so goofy. He's got, like, this hoodie robe thing on, and it's really fucking shiny. And, like, it's got a, it, 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 like, doesn't cover all of his torso because, like, A, there's, like, some midriff action or some shit going on. And also, there's, like, there's a C on the front. They, they like, and, cut and it's, out part of the front, so it they, made There's a, a little hole in the front, and around, like, a large part of that is a C, and then it's just kind of, like, the rest. And on the back, there's another fucking sea and it's all sparkly and man really gives the term from sea to shining sea a whole new meaning uh, uh that's, that's but uh, captain charisma what the fuck what is that austin what was i looking at what fashion travesty absolute fashion icon mm. captain charisma ah Christian. yes absolutely ah silly me uh yeah so i, I wrote big big old brawly brawl to start Pretty much. the match. Uh, I mean, it's it's like a solid match, but it's a very WWE TV tag match, if I'm going to put it like that. Like, especially, it's it's a Raw main event that they put as the opening match on SmackDown. Yeah, pretty where much. Where you took two dudes who have pre-existing feuds with two other dudes, and then you tagged them up against each other, and they just kind of did stuff for 10 minutes or so, and then they, yeah. it's over. I mean, it was an extremely solid match. Uh, mm-hmm. It it was really cool. Um, I I just I love the work in it. I uh, because because of the, course these are four insanely talented wrestlers. Yeah, we have three of the f- most acclaimed wrestlers from their era, and Orlando Jordan is here too. Yes. Well, look, he he he. He may be remembered in the hallowed halls these days, um, but at the very least, like he's putting up good work, and he's got he's got his own uh, he's got his own talents. Uh, I I think I think perhaps a bit underrated because I I really like him in ring actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a note of Benoit chopping the shit out of Christian. You know, very red chested was Christian by the end of this all. Yeah, yeah, no. What what the what the fuck is Christian doing stealing Daniel Bryan uh, title as as the ground beef man. Uh, I made a note of the twenty four seven ad in the corner. This is the first time I've noticed it. I guarantee it's not the first time it's been hanging up there. 
Yeah, uh, well. WW, yeah, WB247 was a subscription, a premium subscription channel service from 2004 to 2014, where basically you paid a monthly uh, addition to your cable bill like any other premium channel, and uh, they would have rotating uh, footage, uh, classic archival footage, vintage pay-per-views, old airing of TV shows they even added, uh, some original content as well. Uh, And obviously... It's the prototype. It's the precursor to the WWE Network. They would get rid yeah. of twenty four seven when they would make it a streaming service and call it the WWE Network. And now that's fucking dead too. Yeah, You'll uh, it. it's kind of fascinating. It's 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 it shows that like WWE's been like thinking of has been thinking about that kind of like how to you like we own all the tapes now. Well, most of them, but whatever. Mm-hmm. We own most of the tapes now. What should we do with that? And they're like, what if we gave some way for fans to be able to watch it? What if we found a way to make more fucking money off of it? Yeah. And the 24-7 channel, uh, you know, the only real difference between that and the network is you couldn't, like, just watch anything whenever you wanted. Yeah. You know. Uh, At the mercy of, of of the RNG. Yeah, uh, and I think, and like WWE honestly kind of lucked out in the network because they wanted to kind of transition that out into the network. Uh, and they kind of wanted the network to be a channel too, but they couldn't get it off the ground. But they were trying as early as like 2011, 2012. Like, oh, even when I was getting into wrestling for the first time, there was rumblings about like the WWE network. And then it kind of flopped in finding someone to get into it until eventually it became like more profitable to just be a streaming service, which most people I think kind of agree was the better decision anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, that was definitely the the stronger call. I still don't totally understand why they killed it outside of like, because, 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 because NBC dumped a billion dollars for it. Because they wanted, because NBC wants content, and they're like, okay, this is acceptable. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, it, it's and it's and it's a situation of like also that the network itself stagnated. Like, they, yeah. I don't, no, this is not relevant to this arc, so I don't want to go too deep into it. But like, the they had like these huge projections for how many subscribers they were looking for on the network. Like to them, oh, two bro. million when they first announced it, like two million was like the floor. They were hoping to get like what? upwards of three million subscribers or something oh. like that. But oh, guys. they got like a million and a half to start, and honestly, the network never got that much bigger than that. Like I think one in point seven, one and three quarter million, I think was kind of like the peak. Like Yikes. the network was a situation where like now obviously people jump in and come off at different times, but essentially everyone who wanted the WB network got it immediately. And that was And then it. that was it. No more. <laughs> Yikes. No. Uh yeah, so I, I get why they were like, fuck this. We're just going to let uh, Peacock, Peacock have it all. deal with our library. Fine. But not to, to, to ramble on. What sucks, though, is because 
now like the WWE Network had incentive to like actually add more of the old tape library that isn't on there because you're because what else is going to appeal to wrestling fans than old wrestling shit? It was never a high priority because it never did that good of numbers, but like it was a thing worth looking into, you know. Yeah, no. But I now, mean, but now, but now on Peacock, there's no incentive for them to add any additional classic vintage content. It's just new content now. Yeah, it's pretty much all they add to Peacock. Bullshit. Yeah, that sucks. Ugh, fuck Peacock. Anyway, yeah. Well, either way, cool to see like the the thing that would eventually like metastasize into WWE's presence on Peacock, like have a presence in in this like arc here in a very like weird little easter eggy way yeah uh so i again it's solid enough tag match uh the kind of the first half of the match before their first big commercial break uh is a lot of beating down on chris benoit by the heels leading to a hot a hot tag by by booker t Mm -hmm. and booker t hits the bookend on christian which is the rock bottom but it's called the bookend yeah absolutely (laughs) And but Orlando Jordan grabs the Christian's leg, gets it on the ropes. Uh, so that uh, kick out there uh, later into the back half of the match, it kind of flips and it's a lot of like building to a Chris Benoit hot tag. Uh, but Booker, I made a note of Booker T hits the spin Rooney, and I don't know if we've managed to see that. Yeah, I don't, show. I feel like maybe we have once before. Um, it's, it just feels like we haven't seen it very often. It's one of the more iconic things Booker T does. And we, yeah, I didn't know Booker, Booker T could T. like fucking break dance at all. Jesus. Yeah. He does. He, he, he like does the thing. And then he, yeah, he spins around on his head breakdance style and it's the spinner Rooney. Well, okay. He tried to hit it, but then Orlando Jordan interrupted him. Yeah. He got back up and then Orlando Jordan hits him with a clothesline. Fuck you. Yeah. No. Oh my uh, God. Then, I so made a note man. that uh, Christian had Booker T in like a sleeper hold that's that's hold that is uh, definitely leaning on being a, a, cho- a blatant choke hold, and they're talking about that on commentary. And Taz just openly talks about how, yeah, I think Chad, you know, Christian's illegal choke hold. He's cheating right now. It's fine, and he's like, it's fine. When Cole tries to call him out <laughs> on like, you're just, you're just admitting Christian's cheating right now, and Taz's like, yeah, well, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to win. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay, I'm so fucking confused because it feels like they're like I isn't Taz the face commentator here? No. Oh. I mean I thought he's not as, he's... was like the I don't know, both their moral compasses seem to like flip flop back and forth a little bit because like um I don't I don't fucking know. Cole's uh, Cole's a straightforward announcer. Taz is not as heelish as like Jerry Lawler and Bobby Heenan as but he leans heel more than than a face commentator would okay but he's not as obnoxious about it as like heenan jesse ventura jerry lawler um yeah so so yeah he's very yeah so he's very much like yeah it's fine you gotta gotta do what you gotta do to win it's cool cheating is fine (laughs) um uh i made a note of at one point uh orlando jordan Jay Lee jumped into the ring to attack Booker T and Nick Patrick was chastising him for it. And Michael Cole on commentary says, well, Nick Patrick is saying he didn't see a tag and Taz retorts. Well, there wasn't one. That's why he didn't see it. Ha, that was good. I didn't catch that shit. No, 
I will say I did uh, notice. Uh, I did notice some something early on in the match. Uh, I I was paying mm-hmm. attention. I noticed this. There was there was talk about um that I, I I think you mentioned this in the front half of the the way um the the, the way the the Chris Benoit Orlando Jordan match ended was yeah like the yeah turnbuckle shenanigans and yeah. and yeah uh or, Orlando Jordan tried to do turnbuckle pad shenanigans part two but Booker said no. Uh, yeah, you, you will not do this again. You will not Look succeed at, a second time. Yeah, the, the continuity. Hey, Weird. Um, there was this really cool move where Christian tried to jump off the top rope and Booker T interrupted him with an axe kick. With a, a spinning heel kick, excuse me. Mid-air. I was like, damn, that's pretty sick. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, I mean, then, again, work is insane yeah. here. Then uh, Benoit, as we come down to the end of this match, Benoit gets in the ring for the hot tag. He hits all the German suplexes onto Orlando and Christian. Uh, then I was like, then the flying headbutt. Yikes. Yeah. Um, because a lot it has been well documented yeah. that, you know, with Chris Benoit's uh, brain makeup at the time of his death, all those times where he did a flying headbutt feel really awkward. Man, just he just keeps getting one one headbutt closer to Murder Town. Oof. Yep. I feel uh, that. Then an interesting little little twisty twist here is uh, Benoit gets Orlando Jordan in the crossface, and Christian Ra- is in the ring and in a position to stop Benoit, and he decides to leave instead and just let Orlando take the L. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so what an asshole. You. Yeah, what an asshole! I, I don't, I don't think this Christian guy is very nice. I, yeah, I, 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 I wonder if this is like indicative at all of a trend of like Christian, this Christian guy using like younger rising talents for his own gain and then discarding them the moment they become inconvenient for him. Hmm. 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 Right. So yes, the good guys get the win. Yeah. Uh, Happy, happy moment, a happy, like, alliance moment in the ring between Booker and Benoit. Yuck. Yeah. Then we got the backstage where Animal and Heidenreich are talking. And Heidenreich is like, just like, hey, brother, I'm just on to say is I could never replace Hawk. Yeah. And Animal is like, no, dude, nobody, nobody's saying, asking you to replace Hawk. It's, it's time fun. for new beginnings. It's time for a new beginning. And Heidenberg's like, I don't know. And he was like, you, you want to do this or not? And so sit down. And he and gets Heidenreich to sit down. And he hands him a razor, an electric uh, you know, razor. And he starts, like, to shave his head, of which we'll get to this in a second. Okay. Yeah. At first, I thought he was going bald. And I was like, what? Nah, okay. Uh, then we uh, get a video package recapping uh, Eddie and Ray at the Great American Bash. Absolutely. And we have a little bit of a com- uh, conversation between Taz and Cole at commentary booth talking about how, you know, Eddie was scheduled to appear tonight and be in a match, but nobody's heard from him. He's not here. He didn't check in with anybody. Uh, but he is contractually unable to reveal the secret, which. Okay. Okay. Contracts are for... This is not a court of law. Yeah, I can't wait for this to have absolutely no follow-through whatsoever. 
and no consequences. No, this as as Teddy Long was not wrong. It's this is not a court of law. Oh this no! Well, SmackDown. <laughs> aside from when it's inevitably going to become custody court in a in a few weeks, but you know. Uh, then we get the LOD uh, come out. Heidenreich has shaved his head to now be a, a mohawk. Fucking mohawk. I, I honestly, I, I get how they were saying he's not supposed to replace Hawk, but I'm surprised they didn't give him the reverse mohawk because that's yeah. the Hawk War. Yeah, no, I, I mean, credit where credit is due. They did hold true on the like you won't replace Hawk thing. That that's you know tasteful. He's just mimicking animal instead which okay. yeah sure uh they have a jobber squash match they live they hit the doom device in like, 30 in like 30 seconds oh easy Nothing. easy easy disposal shock of all shot look we got to power up the new tag champs or whatever i literally wrote i mean what do you want me to say in my notes i i just wrote let's go choppers yeah all right and then backstage we see eminem watching a tv at a completely normal angle it helps that the match was over. Yeah. And they are, I, I, I had so much shit was said in this segment in so little time. I tried to write down what happened, the events of this segment, the beats. And I don't think I got all of them, but I will try. Okay. <laughs> so they're watching TV and they're all sad because they're not the tag team champions anymore. Absolutely. And then Melina walks in and is like, what are you guys doing? We're gonna, you're gonna win those belts back. We got this, and they're talking about how they're gonna put a new positive spin on things. Yep. Because um, she, Melina was on the phone with Tom and on the phone with Brittany. Brittany. Name dropping again. Absolutely. And they are gonna get Hollywood's best, best publicist. publicist. They are gonna be on the, the cover, cover of, of Smackdown, Smackdown magazine. Obviously, like, the highest they can go with Hollywood's top fucking publicists. Absolutely. But there is, in fact, one condition to all that is that they need uh, someone to help assist them get back to get it all back together. So they need a fixer. They keep using that term, a fixer, a which fixer. feels very weird to say. I'm going to, I am curious if this is an actual word. Okay, um, uh, a person who makes arrangements for other people, especially of an illicit or devious kind. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, I suppose. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, hey, she, are there? She's gonna get us into a whole new uh, uh business venture. Uh, something, something. Uh, escorting? I don't know. I've never, I've, I've never escorted people anywhere before, but it could be worth it. <laughs> Oh my, I, I wish they had that joke in there of that, them talking about I mean, if they're, people uh, if they're and they're like, I don't know what that means. If they're if they're setting up uh, illicit dealings through this fixer, well. Yeah, so I, I'm just used to the term as used in mob terminology, which is uh, someone who, which is another word for someone who does, who uh, kills people for the mob. That's oh, how yeah. they fix problems. It's, uh, it's illicit in its own right. I feel like it's it illicit. is. But they have their fixer, and Melissa is talking her up, sort of, because the guys are like, oh, "Is it a girl? Is she hot? hot?" And she's like, "Well, yes, but she has this thing." And yeah, I, very, I, very fucking like 
magic mirror talking to Lord Farquaad and Shrek of like, <laughs> yes, but after sunset, silence! Silence! And we had this thing. And again, what a, another gimmick. Yeah, Austin. I know of and didn't realize it was here. Because I, I literally have in my notes, meet Jillian and Austin is freaking out. Oh, no. Because as soon as she was like, she's got this thing. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I know where this is going. Uh, the fixer is Jillian Hall. And, okay, in a weird thing that I guess I should give them some credit for, for cinematography, they do, they correctly block this to have the reveal of what the thing is. Yeah, uh, no. She has a whole bit where... Um, she is filmed in what's what's the word for that profile 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 she is filmed in profile and she walks into the room and uh uh i wrote jillian said stuff but i was too busy typing notes to catch any of it i think eminem is banned from ringside but she got melina her match with tori i think yeah she, I think she that's got melina her match with tori and tori's still gonna have like someone ringside she's like melina i'm gonna be ringside for you Two powerful mm -hmm. women, something, something, rah rah okay. feminism, because that's totally what SmackDown's. Going I was to. I was too busy writing the lengthy all the shit Melina said for me to have properly caught what Jillian said. Yes, uh, but we get she then turns to the camera and we get the reveal of Jillian Hall has a giant fucking wart mole thing demon on spawn on her face yes and that is the whole bit with her is that she is attractive except for the mole thing okay this fucking thing i want to know who they they had to have gotten this dumb shit from like a halloween store right because this prosthetic was fucking awful it I, is it's so bad i well i'll give him this it looks sufficiently gross it it does but also like the closer up they shoot it the more obvious it is that it's something that like just that actually has been born of her face it looks no, like it, look, it looks plastic as fuck yeah they, it looks like they just like put some fucking like tape on it and just smacked it on the side of her face like yeah that's good no, like, makeup blending. Nothing to make it look like a legitimate outgrowth. It's just kind of, like, slapped on. Um, smacked down under her face, if you will. Um, yeah, I, I want to quickly confirm how fucking long they do this bit. Because I know how they stop. I know how the bit ends. I want I'm surprised to know. They, I'm surprised there's a way the bit ends. And it's not just she gets disappeared off TV for a little while. And then comes back without the mole, and no one ever fucking talks about it again. Well, do do you want to know how it again? How it yeah, how they end sure. the bit? Why not? Okay. At one point, she becomes JBL's image consultant, oh, and JBL is feuding with the boogeyman, and the boogeyman bites off the mole. And eats it. That's how they end the bit where she has the mole. What? 
Yep. What? So many, so many parts of that sentence. J JBL was feuding with the boogeyman. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. She was his image consultant. Right. Okay. And the boogeyman bites off the mole. Uh-huh. What? What? Very on-brand for the boogeyman. Uh, if well, our... yes, but... What? what the fuck is JBL doing in a feud with the goddamn boogeyman? Because um, his time as a main event guy is dwindling quickly. <laughs> is it now? Yeah, um... After this, after his 200, 300 day, whatever, reign as smack as the WWE champion on SmackDown, then he lost it to John Cena. He has this summer of conti obviously contending for the world title. And then after that, <laughs> yeah, about done with I'm that. I'm kind of surprised by that because isn't he kind of like well remembered? He's well remembered for this very specific period of time mm. and nothing else. Ooh. After that, no. Oof! That's hysterical. Okay, I hear. I'm here for it. That's great. Yeah. So, okay. So the mole thing doesn't last that long, all things considered. Okay. But, and then she'll move on to her other gimm bad gimmick that everyone remembers, where she is a really shitty singer, and no one can convince her otherwise, and she just sings badly and out of tune all the time. Of course. That's, that's the other gimmick she's got. Is Mole bad singer? Of course. Of, of course. No, 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 Of course. Because why the hell would we give someone like that a fucking dignified angle when we can just give them a mole or make them not sing good? Nah, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> no, that's stupid. God damn it. All right. After, the, after that segment, uh, we go backstage. The Dom is is playing on a, a game or something. Plays on his, playing on his PSP, you know. I guess. As I don't you know. do as a child of 2005. Yeah, I don't know what he's playing. I don't know consoles from back. I don't play handheld consoles. Please don't ask me to tell you what. Wow. Austin fucking thinks he's better than, than all of us, huh? He, he thinks he's cooler than handheld users. Yes, I am. Mm. Uh, anyway, bat Dom is backstage with Ray, and Dominic is like, "Hey, Daddy, what's the secret Eddie was talking about?" And Ray is like, "I'll tell yeah, don't you." Worry about that, older, son. Kid. Don't worry about that. I'm gonna need you to not think about that. Yeah. Uh, then we get another video for the Boogeyman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, yeah, another fucking Boogeyman promo. They were going real hard trying to advertise, and it still cracks me up. That instead of going just like another like you know stand uh, standard supernatural gimmick, they're, they they add another layer to it where he's just like a dude from a failed pilot who's just convinced that he is the character from that failed pilot. Mm -hmm. The boogeyman says, "I know who I am," and what that per what I am is totally a real demon and not just an actor with a who, yeah. who desperately needs to go to therapy. Yep. Uh, sad that there we will not be getting to the boogeyman in this arc. He will not be. Is that is that sad? More that doesn't yes, feel sad I to me I absolutely want to watch the boogeyman on this podcast. That uh, I mean, that is that is a that is a thing you can desire. 
I mean, I guess I'm not the booker here, so at the end of the day, shit. Yeah, you, you're gonna. I'm the. I'm the. I'm the booker here. Uh, Why well, I, I can do whatever I want. I have all the power. This is not. This is not a court of law. It's noobs and knockouts. Knockouts. And this is my show. You're not. You're not gonna book the boogeyman on my show. I have it in my contract. God damn it. Yes. Excellent. Anyway. Yeah, so Dominic and Ray come out to the ring. Yeah, this can only and, go well. Yeah. And then Ray, he thanks everyone for their support these last few weeks. He start he says it again in Spanish. And then here comes Eddie. Wow, so no way. Eddie is in fact here tonight. Wow, no way. It's not going to go well. Who would have thought? So he's carrying a storybook with him, and Eddie is like, hey, man. Uh, he's like, I wasn't going to be here tonight, but, you know, he just couldn't resist coming. Yeah, uh-huh. I, that, I, I'm that i sure it was totally never. It was not always the plan to just fuck over Ray no matter what. Yeah, you yeah. know, totally. So uh-huh. Ray is like, Ray is like, stay away from my son. And Eddie agrees. I put Eddie agrees, but puts a weird emphasis on son, on uh, my son. Ah, yes. I wonder uh, why that would be. Yeah, but Eddie Eddie explains that you know he made a promise to you, Ray, and and I always keep my promises. Yeah, but then he's like, yeah, but two also notes I lied. later. Walk, 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 two notes later, uh, but. He explicited at Great American Bash is nobody beats me. Yeah. Nobody beats me in the end. You know, I am the law. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so Eddie Guerrero's Judge Dredd. Good to know. Yeah. And Eddie I brings am up. The law. <laughs> uh, Eddie. Honestly, uh, give me that version of Judge Dredd, please. <laughs> Um, but Eddie, uh, Eddie talk, brings up again the promise that if he lost, he wouldn't forget the secret. But guess what, Ray? I lied. Uh, and, yeah, he's very proud of the fact that, which, like, again, not, he said, I love, I love how he's like, yeah, I always keep my promise, except fuck you, I lied. Two, so, two, like, no, two, five seconds later, I. Five seconds later. Well, because like he he goes through like stages of grief here or something, where he's like, yeah, you know, I always keep my promises. Uh, and then he's like, I I win. I I I always win in the end. You I, you didn't beat me at Great American Bash because I I always win. He was doing the I live. He was doing the I win at life bullshit again. But like, instead of justifying his reneging on his promise with that. He just then goes into I lied, which like pick a fucking motivation here, dude. Jesus. It's trying to it's, follow it's, the character it's, here. It's incredibly um it's like he did the five states of grief, but in reverse. Yeah. He starts with acceptance and then he jumps back to denial. Yeah. And then uh what what would I would it be bargaining? Maybe, yeah. I think that's what it is. Actually, no, I think no. It actually be. I think bargain. Him being like nobody beats me is bargaining, and then deny always. I lied. So yeah. he kind of goes in backwards order of the five stages of grief. I um, see. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool. I was. I was. I was worried for a minute, Austin, that Eddie Guerrero 
was not a uh, perfectly fleshed out, three-dimensional, Oscar-worthy character um, who could be analyzed in academic papers for years to come. I'm so happy to have the air cleared on this. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Eddie says that he feels like telling a little bedtime story. Eddie's bedtime story. Oh my and God. Ray yells at him to like, stop. Cause he, Eddie starts doing his story bullshit again. Mm-hmm. And Ray yells at him to stop. And then he goes to the ramp to confront Eddie, which uh, props to Ray. I'm used to baby faces just kind of like standing there like yeah, that. Yeah, I I thought he was gonna just instantly stand there and I would have to like yeah, make as a if thing there, about as it. As if there like... is an invisible wall. I was prepared to make invisible wall jokes. Uh, but then he actually goes <laughs> and, and goes and goes to go confront Eddie about it. Oh man, but this then... is why fucking Ray Mysterio is one of my favorites. He 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 gets the job done, okay? Ray doesn't just sit there and take it. He 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 fucking he's a proactive. He is a strong, independent Rey Mysterio, and and he don't need no Eddie. Yeah, but then, but then, uh, Eddie he sees this coming, and he just quickly yells out, "Dominic, Ray is not your father," and that is what gets Ray to pause, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And <laughs> yeah, yeah, just Ray, Ray freezes, Ray and the freezes. crowd fucking loses it. Mm-hmm. And Ray and Eddie explains that the truth is, I'm your father, Dominic. Yeah. I'm your poppy. And Ray gets back in a ring and is like, "No, Dominic." Yeah, he's trying uh, to he's trying to conf- comfort Dom, and then Dominic goes, "Is is it, is true, it Dad? true, Dad? Is it is really, it really true? true?" Oh my God! Of course, you had to go with the most fucking stock line for any child. Listen, uh, this kid. Listen, this kid. We got we got to do something the kid can remember to do. All right. <laughs> I I can just see fucking Eddie and Ray like backstage rehearsing this with him, and then like mm-hmm. like you got to make sure you, you you hit your marks, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know there's big Eddie sucks chance coming through in about this. Yeah, moment. like of all the chances to be getting right now, I I love how it's just we're just going right to just like the standard anti-heel chant of, of like Eddie sucks. Like yeah. it's kind of like a big thing is happening, guys. <laughs> I feel like there's more to say than just Eddie sucks here, but okay. Yeah, so Dominic might not be a might not be the finest actor in the world, but Ray is certainly giving it his all here, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we get we get, you know, Ray is like pleading with Dominic. He's not necessarily saying he's wrong. Yeah, no, denying he, it. Don kind of asked him to deny he, it, and, and and Ray's just like, "I'm sorry, I'm so sorry." Ray, Ray is Ray is pretty vague about that. He is not say he that it's a lie, and so Dominic starts backing away from him and like leaves out, leaves the ring, and runs through the crowd, and Ray runs after him, and uh, Eddie at this point is like, "Hey." Hey, what's the matter, man? Yeah, he does I'm a not fucking that bad, am I? Yeah, he, he he does a fucking like, do I smell bit, which like, what? Like, oh He's man, like, I mean, nobody's perfect. But... I will say, Dominic fucking like retreating through the crowd is goddamn wild. Nah, yeah, that's fucking crazy. This is this they got like a ten year old out here running through the crowd. I was like kind of worried for his safety, but then just Ray like. Benny Hilled after him, so I'm like, okay, yeah, thank yeah. God. At least he's got his dad like mm-hmm. in tow, so 
make sure Dominic doesn't get snatched up by some insane fan or something. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so Eddie, uh, he's kind of working through why Ray would be so upset and relieved, and he's like, well, maybe Ray didn't want to hear the rest of the story. But I bet you all do. Yeah, and, uh, the crowd, of course, is very receptive to this idea. Of course. So uh, then he he yells at Shimble to get his ass in here and get his chair to him. Oh, yeah, man. this poor man just keeps getting his chair. He keeps getting bullied by by Eddie Guerrero for his fucking chair. Like, come on, man! Oh, the poor man! I feel we, for him. We, I want to donate bring... a chair to him. So we bring the lights down. And Eddie says he's going to be quiet for all you good little boys and girls. Yeah. And like, get... Eddie's just in full, like, Eddie has gone bye-bye Egon mode. Like, he just seems, like, completely delusional at this point. Yeah, he is Great. insane. Uh, uh, is he chapter one? And Eddie says there was a time when him and his wife were separated. And he went and he went a little crazy going doing a lot of partying and having sex with a lot of mama sitas. Which Austin thought was hysterical. Nah, I and then he says, and I quote, one day one of those sluts. Yeah, they, they fucking censored censor slut. sluts. Yeah. I'm almost surprised by. Uh, they came. I mean, this is uh, SmackDown is a PG and on UPN, uh, oh, wow. so we cannot say anything. Um, uh, but they came. Like, one of the one of them, one of his mamacitas, came to him about a baby she was having, and well, well, neither of them wanted a baby. Absolutely. Uh, and he explains that while he was making uh, plenty of babies with plenty of women, uh, <laughs> me Ray was trying to have a kid with his wife but he was shooting a lot of blanks like, yeah just 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 randomly like throwing in there the implication that ray's impotent okay mm -hmm. i also love like the like weird inconsistent internal logic of like uh baby i didn't want no baby but also i was making babies with all those fucking mamacitas okay yeah, yeah. i am the ultimate breeder all shall bow before the might of my like seed god damn yeah well, as long well, he's using it as a way to show how he's better than Ray, so he'll 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 take that. Absolutely, yeah, sure. Why not? Just just sure. who cares about internal consistency? We're just here to get our fucking dunks in on poor Ray Mysterio, who did yeah. absolutely nothing wrong. So Eddie then claims that then, uh, out of the goodness of his heart, you know, when his little bambino came, that he gave him over to Ray. And Eddie, Eddie claims that there was no, like, real adoption papers, no, like, you know, real documentation about any of this. He just handed Dom over, and then they raised Dom as if it was his own kid. You know, I really want to know why there was no documentation. If it had, if, if, if it was, like, a matter of just, like, Eddie being lazy or whatever, or if it was because, like, you know, Eddie's got, you know, the, 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 nature of his relationship with these particular mamacitas are, are at all hmm, problematic. One has to mm. wonder. Sure, sure. Um, and so, for Eddie, instead of being daddy, he became Uncle, Uncle Eddie. Eddie. And he kind of caps off there, and he's like, man, 
That was a great story, isn't it? And then I feel great, don't you all? I mean, there was a big uh... mon- monkey off my back, a great weight off my shoulder. Yeah. And he says to Eddie, the Ray, that like, well, if you like last this week, Ray, then you'll love next week with chapter two. Yeah, like, how the fuck is there a chapter two? I just kind of assumed there was a whole like that that kind of summed everything up. Nope. There are, he's got a he's got multiple chapters to this story. Uh that is the part that's how we're following this uh going forward, is the chapters. Oh crap. Okay, so I have to say, and this could be this could be proven wrong by future chapters, but the way this was revealed, like the story that was revealed to be behind this, um, was kind of wild to me because I, for some reason, that uh, I I am a, I am a fool, you see, and sometimes give like far too much credit, um, in in times when I most definitely should not, and I thought that this like story. Of how uh, th- there was a mix-up of fathership between Eddie and Ray over Dominic. It was going to be some particularly sordid tale that was like gray morality, like painting Ray in some kind of like questionable light at all. Um, where it was like, no, where, where it's like, where, where it's, uh, you know, some spat between like, you know, Eddie sleeping with Ray's wife or Eddie sleeping with Vicky or vice versa or like. You know, there's. Uh, er, 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 I had, I I had, I had, I admit, I also kind of thought they were gonna do that. Eddie slept with Ray's wife. Yeah, like I, I thought, thought there was gonna be was something, gonna right? Where like there, there was like real beef, and like Ray, like th- this was such a like secret for uh, such a dangerous secret for Ray because like there was a time where he was less morally virtuous, and like that has something to do with like the fathership of Dominic. Um, and you know we would have to see like Ray confront his like past demons of like, but you know in in this version it's you know Ray still the poor beleaguered man who just who just can't catch a goddamn break. And the worst thing he ever did was just like for some reason flagrantly lied to his son about like his parentage, which like at best is a I'll tell you when you're older thing. At worst is just kind of like it's a kind of a shitty thing to just like not tell your son off the bat, but like okay. Mm-hmm. But of course we're not gonna like pay any fucking lip service to to like the, a, a, any questionable actions on Ray's part. It's just gonna be like, oh yeah, no, this is the thing, and, and Eddie and Eddie's an asshole. Waka waka. Yeah, I I feel like that's honestly like I I, I guess this is the story of here is like. I, I think that's probably why they threw in like the adoption paper bit is to yeah. kind of like make it feel more like weirdly sorted and also so that Rhett, that Eddie has more of a justifiable case when this inevitably becomes because this is obviously a well, yes. I want the kid back uh story. Uh or else why else would he really bring it up? But um, like the man, also fuck Eddie, like he didn't want the kid until like I don't know, it, 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 until until like, he until he make... became so jealous and bitter. Yeah, over Rey Mysterio being a better wrestler than him that he's like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna take your kid because yeah. I'm your kid's real dad." And that's all he gives a shit about, and or, and and you know potentially like raising Dominic to be some kind of like wrestling protege if like how he was treating him out on that fucking like playground was any indicator but like either way this, the petty bullshit 
of like I, I love I love how Eddie's just like yeah you know completely proportional response to like bring our history of me like giving you a kid because you're impotent which again why the fuck are we including the tidbit that Ray's just impotent like goddamn be nice to this poor man what the <laughs> fuck. Yeah, so after that, Cole and Taz are just sitting on commentary and they are disgusted. Cole and Taz give, like, some fucking Oscar-worthy performances as they completely step outside their usual personas and just be like, oh, man, this is kind of kind of, kind of fucked. Like, it's really disturbing. Well, how can you... And, like, like Taz just, like, shell-shocked. Michael Cole's like, they, they should be keeping this behind closed doors. Why do you have to drag this out in the open? They're giving fucking they're they're giving like the performance of a lifetime here reeling from this Taz has Taz has his sunglasses off which is I weird know. for like commentary era Taz like retired doing commentary Taz to have his glasses off that's how you know it's serious business man if Taz got the mm-hmm. sunglasses off that means he's 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 hashtag shook it yeah so mm-hmm. they're, they're given the performance of a lifetime uh Michael Cole's going on this is very indignant rant about the fact that this is dragged out in the open. Taz is just like, what the fuck, man? Um, <laughs> but I uh, don't think about that too hard. Now on to boobies. Anyway, on to the women's match. All right. It is Melina versus Tori Wilson in a totally normal match now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jillian Hall. Comes... You only get to see them strip for you if you pay the big bucks. Heck yeah, you're not going to get that on free TV. Uh, Jillian Hall is coming down with Melina and completely ruining the whole vibe. Dude, uh, Mel- I, I, I Melina can't do like... any, cannot do any of her shit because Jillian Hall is here. I love well. how Jillian's just like heavy handedly continually adjusting her hair so that like it's behind her ear so that the mole remains visible. Yeah, um, like, like she doesn't even try to hide the mole. Oh no, she does not. Um, she, which I have to say, you could, you could pin is just like you know the J- Jillian just being like, ah oh, shit, I gotta keep this mole visible to sell the bit. Shit, shit, shit. I choose this, however. See, this is the action of a confident queen who knows she has a mole and is goddamn proud of it. She says, "This is what makes me unique. You can either love it or GTFO." I think I mean, that's great. I mean, art, you know. And it, if to do if I were to do a character analysis on <laughs> fucking Diva's era Jillian Hall, like she doesn't act as if the mole is any big deal that no. she herself should hide. Like in 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 continuing the bit to where like look at this gross fucking mole that she has on there, she shows no shame about it ever. So nope. she is, in fact, a confident queen who is like, I don't give a sh- uh, you know, you've got to accept me as I am. Mole and all. Warts and all. I, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. No, I love it, dude. Um, I, think, I think that's great. I think she's a confident queen, and I stand her. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at one point, as as they're talking, the, the commentary cannot shut up about this thing. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, specifically Taz can't. Taz is just Taz is is taken with this. Michael Cole is out here. Michael Cole is out here trying to be horny on Maine. Yeah, Taz won't shut up about the fucking wart. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so well. This is the thing too, because like 
Eminem are heels, right? They are, yes. Yeah, so this is the thing. Taz is the one who's kind of like shitting on Eminem's person by continuing to not shut the fuck up about the most. So he's kind of like acting as like face commentator. And what's really funny too is like, Taz, so Taz is like getting, you know, really, really, he just cannot stop fucking fixating on the mole and Cole's getting annoyed with him. But like, it's so great because like Cole's trying so hard to just act flat out indignant about this shit. Um, but he just can't stop laughing over Taz just endlessly MST3King over this mole. So Cole's trying to keep a serious face on it, but the entire time just cackling like a lunatic at like Taz's dumb fucking jabs at the mole. It's pure yeah. magic. <laughs> First thing I wrote about the for this is is Taz going, maybe Jillian can get a face mask. And I wrote, I'm having a premonition of the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Yikes. Anyway, um, so and then of course the big Michael Cole line that I definitely had to write in my notes is my is Taz continues to just ramble and ramble and ramble about this wart, and he's just like, man, dude, I think it's alive, it's growing bigger the whole time. And <laughs> at one point he mentions it must have a ton of pus in there, and Michael Cole just yells, Stop with the pus! So you shut up about the pus. The way he pronounces it, though, kind of sounded like puss, which is even fucking funnier. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I, at one point in the match, Cole decides, I don't know why Cole decides this is how he's going to comment about the, about the mole, but at one point he seems to suggest that it looks kind of like a chocolate chip cookie, <laughs> which speaks why? to how bad of a job they did of this on this mole. But oh also, God, why so would awful. you want to think of the mole like that, Cole? Well, I mean, apparently the fucking boogeyman did. Hey, oh, <laughs> Taz is like, well, if you think it looks like a cookie, then go lick it, Cole. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, once cookies. again, I, I continue to remind the cameraman that it would behoove you to stop showing close-ups of this thing, because it shows I mean, just this how is fucking the real, bad this is. I mean, this is the real story of this. We gotta, we gotta get a close-up on the mole. Um, I wrote, this is straight-up AEW Dark Taz doing commentary, yeah. talking about oh, the mole. Oh, oh, yeah. Taz just, when Taz is allowed to, like, just be a goofball, he will not shut the fuck up, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, so, for the match, I have no notes about it. I don't really remember any of it. It, it was, was just really wrestling. Um, I, I, I have, I have notes on, on other things that have nothing to do with the match. Uh, I, I, there was a great quote from you that I would like to point out to our listeners of Molina's sure, outfit okay. looks like it's trying to appeal to three fetishes at once. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was, I was that I had a real chance to look at Molina's outfit here. I was kind of baffled. Cause it's like, it's like, she has like these furry go-go boots and also she's wearing a short, Bergen, uh, short blue skirt that feels very schoolgirly, but then also she's wearing this like pink top that you would probably like see a, a girl at a club wear. And I'm like, pick an aesthetic, please. Nah, man, we have so much, dude. Like, we we have to like this is like the only fans. Okay, you got to get as many horny dudes in as you possibly can, so that like eventually they like fork out the money to for the premium subscription or in this case future pay-per-views where you can see her undressing more and more brawn panties matches sure absolutely uh whereas i took note of with tori's outfit 
why the fuck does she have the bottom half of a pair of bell bottoms on? Only like the bottom half, like starting yeah, it's below like, her knee. Yeah, it's like only like the below the knee, like the mid thigh, the mid uh calf portion of the bell bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> but all this to say, terrible. extremely dumb match with extremely dumb uh uh ex extremely dumb outfits and Taz not shutting the fuck up about this mole absolutely not uh oh, and the match ends when melina pins uh, uh, uh tori and sort of kind of tries to put her feet up on the ropes for the leverage cheating leverage bit but she doesn't really get it up there right so great glad that yeah, well glad that worked and then after the match uh, uh jillian attacks candace and they're like oh does that mean what she oh. means by being a fixer sure why not? Oh, the, the women's division continues to be a clear highlight of SmackDown, obviously. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They, Love it. This is, Love this it is so what much. this is what happens. This is what happens when the win when the women's championship is raw only. This is what they this is what they come up with when they're like, these women can't fight for a championship. What reason will they thus have to fight each other? This is Man. what they come up with. Man, is it so hard for, like, American companies to have good women's wrestling? Is that so hard? This is the fucking recurring theme on this show of, like, women's wrestling almost always sucks except for, like, this very specific time period. Um, and it's goddamn depressing. Yep. Uh, oof. Continues to hurt, but anyway. Uh, so back backstage. The, the Mexicals are backstage. Uh, we're like they being stereotyped. They're like do yeah, doing just whatever backstage in like where the concessions inventory is. And this manager comes up to them and is like bitching them out for being lazy and not working. And then he leaves. And they're like, he thinks that we work for him. So actually. They don't work concessions. This manager just assumed they did because he's uh, it's three Mexican dudes Every, hanging out back here. Yeah, and of course, the lazy Mexican. Oh, no, we must put them to work. But then, for, uh. then, they're, like, but then they're like, hey, what if we did work concession? Wink, wink. And that uh, plays into what happens next in the next match. So fucking But cool. what a, what what a clear... This? Uh, and then I wrote certainly a SummerSlam ad. Uh, this, yeah, this is when yeah. we get they uh, subtlety is for losers, where <laughs> they do they do they literally have all the all the divas do like a wet car. Wait, wash those bit. wait those were the divas. That's the whole divas roster. Yeah. Oh, see, that's really funny to me because I thought they were just because because the divas are just like generic fucking fitness models. So like, I just assumed they were just random actresses they paid to like get all wet in bikinis or whatever. And I <laughs> literally made a note about like the worst part is these these actresses are only getting treated marginally worse than the actual lady lady wrestlers of the day. No, sorry, it's just that. the lady wrestlers no. of the day. Woof. But yeah, no SummerSlam. SummerSlam ad that says absolutely nothing about Vince McMahon's sexual proclivities. That's literally if it's them like dumping, spraying water on each other and washing oh. cars with their asses out and oh. well and and soap everywhere. It Obvious. is Boobies not they're, they're not even trying. 
the 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 tits just randomly colliding together for no other reason than to just like see two pairs of tits squashed together vaguely. Now it is straight up. It, it's it's what it sounds like. It is. It's not and literally nothing else. I was oh like, my all god, right. awful, awful. And I, and we're gonna have to see this shit every week. Yeah, hey, there are three. There are still four fucking weeks to SummerSlam. We got three more weeks to. Do they change it up at all? Is it just gonna be the same exact ad with a different fucking number of weeks at the end? I feel like I don't know if they'll change the ad, but I guarantee all the ads are look at the hot chicks. I guarantee they're gonna do that for everyone. Have no doubt. That up. So the next match, uh, sort of, is William <laughs> Regal versus Scotty Too Hottie. Yeah, specifically Scotty Too Hottie doing his best Guy Fieri cosplay. Banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it. Uh, and they probably do like two moves before the Mexican before the Mexicals come out with like concessions. They have a bunch of soda and a bunch of popcorn and some nachos. Yeah, for some reason. And they're, I said, ostensi- like, they're ostensibly offering it to people ringside, but then, like, one dude in the front actually does grab a box. Well, it was, uh, yeah, so, like, they keep, like, reaching stuff out as if they're, like, going to give it to them. And then, like, camera cuts away from them, and you can see, like, the, you can see them in the corner of the screen, like, pulling it away as soon as they, like, try to get, they start to give it. Like, they start to hand it, and then the camera cuts, and they're just like, no, no, never mind. But, like, one dude fucking reads out and actually does snag a thing of popcorn off one of their trays fucking king absolutely yeah. incredible yeah Playing all right so game. they go over to the announce table where taz and cole is and they start handing them soft drinks yeah and you know, and they're having a good then time. they throw the bag some popcorn on kimmel of course poor man just gets bullied constantly <laughs> Yeah, so the match basically stops as both wrestlers are like, what and also the fuck. Um, <laughs> Poor Billy Reeks can never catch a break. Yeah, so the referee, Jimmy Cordera, comes down and is be like, hey, you guys need to get out of here. And, yeah, their, response, and their response is uh, J- super crazy, throws a soda at him and then throws him into the barricade. And then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, they just the start next- assaulting Reeks and Scotty with concessions. What? Yeah, they like they like stomp them out on the outside, and then they start dumping all the concession stuff on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is great. Yeah, woke, and it's like okay, they're making a statement, I guess. I guess we really know what to say. I don't about know what that. the fuck that statement is, but they're they are indeed making one. Yeah. So then we get to the raw. We get a raw rebound of what happened this past week on Monday Night Raw, where. Uh, yeah. Eric Bischoff is big mad that John Cena won a battle of the bands where he'd say where John Cena rapped I'm a bad man from his rap album. Yeah, and dude, fucking like, fuck this. Meanwhile, over on over on Raw, Cena's giving like full ass live rap concerts. Okay. 2005, a wild time. But okay, he's talking to Carlito about this. Uh, Eric Bischoff is talking to Carlito about this and explains that he is, has a title match, a non-title match with Cena tonight, and Chris Jericho is the special referee. I'm sure the fix is totally not in. It's cut oh, to the match. No. Never mind. Chris Jericho kicks John Cena in the balls, and, and Carlito beats Cena. 
and they're and they're oh, like oh, oh, oh yeah uh, great uh absolutely wild Whoops. stuff going on raw clearly as well oh yeah no we dude we can't just have fucking you know normal shit we we have to it's 2005 baby everything is fucking weird we're like again i again i i don't know how wwe could have lost such viewership over <laughs> during this period of time when clearly Dude, are you this kidding me moment. like the fucking the fucking way that they have uh the the, the fucking what the, what they're showing with like this rap concert from cena you'd think this shit was like fucking uh uh uh, uh the, the the most over thing in the universe you think everyone was clamoring everyone in the universe was clamoring to go to a fucking john cena rap concert i am kind of surprised that like this is shit that made them lose viewership it's, it's yeah from, from the way the audience would tell it this is the coolest shit in the universe i mean i thought it was pretty dope this is for this is from before john cena became a loser became a, lo- a you know, kind of a dork uh in a way that people didn't like he's always kind of been kind of dorky with the rap thing but like in a way that people liked and thought was cool uh this he's not he's not like pg fruity pebbles cena quite yet um he'll get there soon uh but he's not there yet uh and this is still rap has a rap album cena and so i can appreciate it anyway i think it's great yeah um but yeah rest wwe seems so chaotic in 2005 and... i this is the best kind of wwe though just do random dumb bullshit that's what yeah. that's what i go to wwe for is like i know i don't care about like the good work or the serious bullshit i just give me dumb goofy shit i don't i don't need anything else yeah i mean i was gonna save this for the end but like unironically very much enjoying 2005 smackdown even for the bad parts because so much of it is kind of fun in a dumb yeah it's dumb it's goofy and i love it yeah absolutely um but then we get to our main event jbl versus the undertaker uh i wrote the undertaker's entrance just keeps going so yeah (laughs) how long does this uh how long does this entrance go for a million hours apparently i will always make that joke i'm so sorry mm-hmm. um right so the match is pretty one-sided to be honest undertaker beats jbl's ass quite a lot yeah it's very, it's very satisfying to watch oh it's so good uh it's uh, jbl it's so only good. jbl only really gets the upper hand when orlando jordan cheats for him so this is a lot like the orlando jordan batista match actually um uh, but then uh, I made a note. JBL hits all his moves and hits Taker with a chair. Taker kicks out and sits up. Fuck you. Yeah, dude. I Okay, today I learned that apparently Undertaker's like a fucking tightrope walker. That, like, Ray, Ray Phoenix who? Undertaker can do fucking top rope walks. What? Mark? How? Yeah, uh, apparently this... I, I guess we haven't seen very many Undertaker matches in general on this podcast. But yes... This is apparently the first time we've watched the old, what is considered the old school, where he wa- he tightrope walks onto the top rope while holding uh, the the hand of his opponent, and then he jumps off the top and hits him on the back of the neck. Yeah, it's that, called old which, which is so cool. Yeah, it's called old school now because it originated all the way back in his original 
uh, his original uh, incarnation of the character. Even that's even wilder to me is that like OG Undertaker was doing that shit. Mm -hmm. Uh. Yeah. So uh, at one eventually, uh, he I wrote so many ref bumps because Orlando Jordan bumped the ref like the fifth time in that. Dude, so many fucking we have. So we have we have ref bumps and we have we have like undertaker doing like four fucking different setup spots in one match it's pretty hectic yeah uh but undertaker finally hits jbl with the tombstone pile driver the visual pin i'm like oh no the vi the vi nobody ever wins after they get the visual pinfall nobody dude, i would honestly put that, that's wrestling rule that's honestly wrestling rule number two Wrestling number one is about the table. The second law is that if you get the visual pinfall, you're never actually winning. D but you gave Undertaker four different setup spots here. Why is he not getting the dub? Why would yeah, you do that? But after, because after he hits the tombstone and he's the ref isn't there to count, he walks over to be like, hey, hey. Get in here and count the pin. And then he turns around and RKO out of nowhere. Randy Orton has finally debuted on SmackDown uh, after being drafted over here. Um, and then Randy Orton lays JBL on top of The Undertaker. J Orlando Jordan tosses the ref in the ring. And you got, of course, you got Michael Cole being like, not this way, not this way. He was saying the exact same shit of, over the last near fall too. And mm -hmm. so it's just like, yes, he just didn't have any other ways to remark over the tragedy of this situation. Kick, kick out Undertaker, but no <laughs> one, two, three JBL wins. Oh. JBL oh, versus Batista will be happening at SummerSlam. You thought you were getting out of having to watch JBL versus Batista on this podcast. Oh, no. I put on my big boy uh, wrestling hat, uh, wrestling fan hat, and I was like, man, which booking decision would make more sense? It's definitely JBL versus Batista at SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, so that I kind of figured that was what was going to happen. Yeah, so that the episode ends there with a shocking uh debut of the art of Randy Orton to fuck the Undertaker over, and JBL is going to main event for SmackDown Yay. on at SummerSlam. I'm so happy. Yeah, so we another event. yeah, horns. Great. horns. Uh, but. Another episode of 2005 SmackDown in the books. Uh, again, we kind of touched on it a little bit before we we kind of talked about the main event. A lot of dumb shit, bullshit happening it's in 2005. So stupid. But it's, but it's very fun to watch. It's fun, stupid. I'm very, I'm very happy with with this arc, dude. Like this is, I mean, part of it is again, like I get the delightful treat of my absolute favorite Rey Mysterio x uh my uh or x like absolute legend eddie guerrero in one of their most famous and their like memeiest angle of all time uh so that knowing that i'm getting that every week just makes everything so much better and all the rest is just 
fun, extremely stupid window dressing around it. And it's it none of it's none of it's terribly great. I'll, we get like one good one or two good matches an episode and that's about it and all the rest are just dumb um and it's it's so quintessential wwe and like and unironically this is the sort of shit that i do love coming to wwe for like nowadays raw's be raw's raw's becoming legitimately good again and everyone's like oh look at triple h being a great booker and shit and like sure that's fine I'm sure that's great, but that's not what the fuck I go to WWE for. I have AEW for like good wrestling TV. No, I go to I go to WWE for for just over the top, insane. Who the fuck thinks of this sort of thing? Goofy bullshit. I only that inj- inject the dumb shit directly into my veins, and as long as it's not like offensive, I will love it d- mm-hmm. deeply and endlessly. Oh my god, it's so t- goofy. Oh, give me more. Give me more. We still get three more episodes. Ah! Sure, sure. But that uh, is for down the line. Uh, no. Up next for us on this podcast. So for our 50th episode, uh, we did a mystery box episode. Ooh. And truthfully, I've been wanting to bring that back for a hot minute. But we keep having other things to put in the t- in this slot. Uh, in the calendar. Priorities. But no more next week we will be doing a, a mystery box two boog uh, electric boogaloo as i will this time once again attempt to have the random draw live on air probably won't work any better than last time i got it to pl- be on the video format but whatever we are gonna do it next what will we be doing next time even i have no idea Oh, oh boy, we're we're love love me some fucking Russian roulette, except with wrestling content. I, some would argue an even deadlier game to play than the OG version. Ah, the deadliest of games. Oh, that God. is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir, my dear friends. Thank you once again for joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so delighted to have you here. Returning listeners, viewers, what have you. Hey, how you doing? You know the drill. Thanks again for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs. We're so happy to have you here. Newcomers, hey, how's it going? Welcome to the show. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all this weird, dumb bullshit, Either way, we hope you've had a great time here. We hope you want to keep having a great time with us week after week. If you want to keep doing so and you're not entirely sure how to do so, well, not to worry, my friends. I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. And make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Um, just generally enjoy it. Uh, uh, Check out all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough to organize all the arcs and shit that we follow into their own separate playlists. So if there's something you want to follow all the way down, you can check that shit out without having to jump around a whole lot. It's phenomenal. And of course, you get to see our lovely faces, our, our really sexy HUD, and all the special little visual gags we hide in here for all the people who deign to watch us on a, on a weekly basis. Ain't that important? like Like um, me yawning constantly because this is almost midnight here. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, look, we, we have a very distinct recording schedule, folks. And that is the whatever the fuck ends up working for like our insane schedules oh yeah. boy um or me fidgeting with a with a, a, a rubber duck adhd life baby um anyway uh, either way 
but so yeah, check us out on YouTube. If, however, you're a fan of the audio only experience, well, my dear friends, we have you covered there as well because you can find us on three of the best places to find your podcast: Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come check us out there. Download us. Give us ratings. Give us nice little reviews. Five stars if you like. A nice little thing to say. Hey, these guys are pretty great. Maybe you should check them out. I don't know. I'm just saying. Check us out on their Noobs and Knockouts podcast. And, of course, you can get in contact with us, too, over the interwebs. Ain't that nifty? First of all, first and foremost, of course, is our Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Noobs and Pod. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Pod on Twitter. Come check us out there. Uh, we we love it up on the Twitter. We're, we're posting memes. We're engaging in discourse. We post every single time we drop a brand new episode, so you guys know what the hell's going on. And, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Of course. So, uh, as usual, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS, is AEW Dynamite. Uh, it's the one show a week that I consistently watch live. It's the one show, David Lee. David. David Lee. David. That's my David brand new Lee. name, baby. <laughs> David Lee, yes. David Lee Roth. Uh, David consistently watches uh, live as well. Usually at least one of us is live tweeting that on a weekly basis. Uh, in addition, I keep up to date with uh, WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. So for their pay-per-views, I'm usually at the helm there. Uh, so next Saturday, uh, Saturday, September the 3rd, is WWE Clash of the Castle. I will admittedly not be watching this one live because college football is back, baby. So sorry about that. But it is WWE's first major pay-per-view in the United Kingdom since 1992 SummerSlam. It's pretty. It's a pretty big deal. You got Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the Uwu Championship. Uh, acknowledge Liv, acknowledge me, Uwu. Uh, Ver, Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm I'm gonna keep pulling for Liv Morgan because Riot Squad Mark, but. I doubt it. I'm honestly not feeling great about my hope here. Uh, <laughs> Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky will probably be the, a, the new women's ch- tag champions by the time that match actually happens on Saturday. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins in a singles match. That should at least be, that'd be a pretty big banger. And then... And for the for the Intercontinental Championship match, be Gunter versus Sheamus. Uh, that is going to be a hard, hard, hard hitting affair. I can promise you that. Uh, then for AEW on September the fourth, this upcoming ah. Sunday is AEW All oh, Out. Out. And who, oh, Mama? What a what a card we have for oh, you, boy. So far, so we have. The for the uh, the tournament final for the inaugural AEW World Trios Championship, we have Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, what the fuck? That's insane. Out of nowhere. Okay, the four-way match for the interim AEW Women's Championship. Uh, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida. A casino ladder match for a future AEW world title shot. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho for the battle for Daniel Garcia's soul. Um, the tag title match between Swerve and Our Glory and the acclaimed Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. 
two grudgy grudge grudge matches and jade cargill versus athena for the tbs championship so that'll be pretty lit it feels weird that there's not a world title match going on right now but uh apparently cm punk is pretty bangy banged up so you know what probably for the best yeah jesus what they did on wednesday on pay-per-view that yeah it's just gonna be shit's gonna be wild with that I, I don't know. I still don't know what the fuck's going on. And whatever nah. the hell it is, it's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. And then for Impact Wrestling Air upcoming on October the 7th is Bound for Glory. Uh, one of their biggest shows every single year. Uh, so far, we only got one match is Josh Alexander defending the Impact World Championship against Eddie Edwards. That'll be a hell of a match. Uh, and of course, as we get closer to the event, more matches should be announced. And so that is all for our Twitter upcoming. Hell yeah. Be sure to check it out. It's a great time over on the Twitter. If you like hearing us ramble about wrestling, you're going to love it over on the Twitter. Our voices carry over pretty damn well. Austin, of course, is he, he's, 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 the, he's the go-to guy. He knows his shit. He's able to make all the fucking references. He's, he's, he's goddamn quippy at it, too. I just go on there and David it up. David Lee. I'm making it work. Uh, uh, you know, if, if you enjoy my dumb fuck color commentating every once in a while, I'll pop on there and make some jokes. It's a, it's a great time. Check us out over on Twitter at noobs and Noxpod. But of course, if you want to get in super direct contact with us, Hey, we also have an email address. Ain't that super nifty? Uh, you can email us noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Uh, tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like, things you want to see more of. Less us give give us requests for uh for for what we, for what you want to see us cover on the show, arcs, eras, companies, wrestling adjacent media, whatever. Come tell us that our hot takes are super based or really dumb, whatever. Start discourse with us, meme with us. Just come say hi. We love people saying hi back. Noobs and knockoutspot at gmail.com. And of course, finally, there is our Patreon. We are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on Patreon. One day dollar a month gives you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode shout out to a friend of the show at the one dollar tier sugar daddy kyle smith uh for supporting us uh enjoy your perks buddy if you want to join kyle with uh with enjoying his perks uh come check us out uh donate uh donate a nice little dollarino uh noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon and that's all yeah see y'all next time hasta luego